One, two, ten. Welcome to the Claim the Throne Blodgecast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2014. Who is it? It's Cabba here, and I'm sticking my two middle fingers right up at my mate Ash. How are you going today, Ashley Large? Pretty good. Feel honoured that fingers are pointing straight at me. Love fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Love fingers, the longest fingers that I have as well. Welcome to 2014. Um, we're Cabra and Ash from Claim the Throne, kicking off the podcasts for this year, talking a bit about our band and, of course, also the music industry in general and how to dominate as a do-it-yourself musician. Pretty pumped to get back into it this year. Um, this first podcast is just a bit of a casual one. To um, We're going to pretty much focus on what happened last year, a bit of a recap um, with the podcast and the band, but also what we have planned for the year ahead, again, both podcast-wise and Claim the Throne-wise. When we got back into the pod after so long uh, recording our album, we aimed at doing one a week. Boy, was that hard to get together between work, the band schedule, and just our general lives. It was really tough. Um, Good fun though, but yeah, we sort of didn't have it structured properly. So it was only a couple here and there. And then, um, yeah, later in the year, we obviously got a bit more organized and planned out and we're managing to, um, to smash a podcast out once a week, as well as a few articles on the website, claimthethrone.net. Um, and it was really fun and yeah, we're just structuring out again for, for next year. And yeah, we would like to think that we'll be having a podcast out same time every week, hopefully on a Monday, um, as well as a, a DIY musician article on the website once a week. And we're also going to have a whole lot of interviews and stuff to... Hmm. To grow a grow a stick at. <laughs> yeah, so basically, as Cabba said, we are going to just have one article a week. Uh, possibly, uh, let's say, first week will be Cabba, second week will be myself, and we'll rotate something like that. And as far as the podge goes, we'll have just a normal podge one week, and then the second week we'll have an interview. Well, that's the aim anyways. <laughs> This episode obviously is not entirely planned out. We're just going to have a chat, like I said, about um, last year and things to come. Make sure you do tune in next week um, and, yeah, you will learn a lot more things from a few interviews that we do have planned. If you do actually care about what we're doing with this podcast and what we're doing with the band, then keep listening today because it's going to get really fun. How do you reckon we went last year with this whole podcast venture anyway, Ash? Like, Why did we even start out? We started out doing a band diary pretty much um, just in an audio form because you know, it's pretty hard to get together video editing. So, didn't really want to do that. And writing it down can be a bit dry. So, it's kind of a first person perspective from the band. Uh, That didn't end up happening because we got way too busy. But from the experience of recording Forged in Flame, we, yeah, we were able to have plenty of startup material at the end of the year. Yeah, I think we kind of got it together, got a bit more structured and yeah, hopefully we can roll that into something pretty good this year. So, yeah, we, we could say last year was a bit of a practice run and uh, see how we pick up. What do you reckon about it? Super duper. Well, what I've been telling people is pretty much that just me and you do listen to a lot of podcasts ourselves. So, I think we just had this drive to want to try it out in the first place and just the timing when it was that we were actually recording a new album it did feel like we had quite a lot of information to offer, uh, both from a band perspective and um, just, yeah, from a, a metal scene perspective and 
you know, or information in regards to, you know, just being an upcoming musician. Um, and I think we have learnt a fair few things ourselves over the years. This band's, you know, not far off being 10 years old. So I think um, we've had our fair share of successes and failures. And if we can, um, you know, provide provide those to, um, to upcoming musicians, then they can avoid the things that we've done shitty and focus on the things that we've done good. And yeah, just... To take it all on board, make the minds up for themselves and hopefully dominate as a band. Cool, man. So we had one interview last year with Owen. That was pretty good, pretty fun, pretty impromptu. Um, and we thought that that's from the start, that's kind of where we wanted to go, but we just never quite had the time to get it together. Any particular interviews you're looking at securing this year or should we keep them under wraps? Um, no, I think we could probably briefly mention a couple of them coming up. Yeah, with last year, it was just every week um, we were trying to smash out content of our own um you know picking a few topics and chatting about it which was awesome um but yeah with the year ahead we're planning to you know sort of one week have a standard claim the throne podcast talk about the band a lot and um as, as well as some segments that me and ash think could be covered um and just general metal talk and all that sort of thing and then the following week would be an interview with a music industry professional um so you'll be let that fortnightly rotation so far we've had a couple of chats with people already and and just yeah archiving those to to pump them out while we're on tour um and obviously won't have the time to be able to release them um but you can expect two i would say to come out whilst we're away one being um yeah a local perth producer who is very knowledgeable uh with sound studio wise and also live wise uh and the other one is um is actually a claim the throne super fan who the idea was there to chat to him um a bit about what has driven him to support us so strongly and by taking on that information the idea is to find a lot more fans just like him in order to to hopefully build that bigger fan base and 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 really target those people that um that are especially supportive as opposed to some others do you want to name drop or can we do that um whatever they'll come out next week well the first one will be with sam allen from electric city studios next week and then yeah the next one uh, is a regular on the claim of throne blogcast in terms of his commenting and his questioning of everything we do which will hopefully be good for regular listeners. Yeah, we'll also have interviews with band members from Claim of Throne, including the very famous Dyson and his old mate Jim, and a girl's perspective with Jesse. What else is in the future? Uh, hopefully, a bunch more crazy segments as well, perhaps from our band members if we can talk them into it. Um, so, you might get more tips on how to pick up girls, how to pick up boys. And how to pick how, up trolleys. How to pick up trolleys from airports without paying for them. Um, how to choose the right stripper on tour. All sorts of awesome stuff like that that you really need to know about to be a good human being. And um, on that note, we are actually going to do a touring podge uh, first week back, which will be a tour special wrapping up everything we do, how the shows went, basically determine whether it was successful from a band having fun standpoint, also from a promotional marketing standpoint, a playing standpoint, and just a general all-round was the goddamn thing worth it standpoint. Hopefully we score a lot of um, sweet drunken audio uh, if we remember when everyone's out drinking and playing. We'll be um, yeah, snapping, pressing the record button as much as we can. Also, in, I guess in regards to interviews for the year as well, 
if you think that you might like to chat to us on this show, don't hesitate to say g'day at info at claimthethrone.com. Um, and yeah, we're hoping to, to speak to all sorts of awesome people throughout the year who might have something to offer in terms of the music industry. Um, so, you know, whether you're anything from, you know, an upcoming musician starting a band, um, you know, whether you're in an established band, whether you're a promoter, whether you book shows, whether you're a sound engineer, whether you're simply a marketer who thinks, you know, there might be certain concepts that could be used in the music realm. Yeah, just, just say hi to us and we'll be more than happy to tee something up. And if it is every second week, then that's what do we need? 25 interviews for the year. So we should be able to do that, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. And we do have a short list. So I don't reckon there'll be too many slots that need filling. But all the same, um, you may add something that we wouldn't think of. So interaction is always welcome. Please bring it on. And even if we don't schedule an interview, um, perhaps you can give us some advice in the form of a question or even a statement, depending on how you like to present things to a wider audience. For instance, is there anything left to say, Gabba? Seeing as we're talking about um, people asking us questions, then how about we go to our listener question of the week? <laughs> so in reference to a conversation we had last time I saw you guys, I want to know what ingredients you guys would put in the ultimate claim the throne cocktail. Have you thought about this one? Because I know Amos Poglazi has asked us this question before, Ash. Our favorite drinks are not exactly the favorite drinks of the other people in the band, but there are a few things we do agree on. For instance, all the boys agree on whiskey and beer, vodka and cider. Jim with his Jägermeister, Dicey with his Bundaberg rum. But yeah, the probably only thing that translates over to the Jesse realm is the vodka and the cider. So I think some sort of a drink based on that peppered in with a bit of Jäger and somehow some rum. Who knows? Totally. And I think you'll find most of our band members do tend to get a bit girly with our drinks at times. So I think is a, let's start this cocktail with a bit of vodka at the bottom and some sort of delicious flavor, perhaps passion fruit and pineapple juice. Um, then I'd like to think a bit of pear cider, just a dash. And what about a dash of Hogarden, or as Amos says, Hoogarden? I think you'll find that Amos will lean towards the spirituous side of, of mm -hmm. cocktail making. So I wonder what he comes up with from a few base ingredients like that. I think we definitely need a shot of Jaeger in there, that's for sure. It would be interesting if you could pull something off that isn't a Jaeger bomb, that is a cocktail. And I think it must be drunk through a beer funnel. Would that be correct? And what would it be called? The cock. Yeah, the cock. Cume on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> there you go thanks for the question Amos and we do encourage the rest of you to ask us crazy questions um, you can do that on claimthethrone.net hover over the right of screen and there's a section there that you can click on and record anything you like even if it's not a question or maybe it'll be just be an observation about a topic that we've discussed previously you can record that and we will definitely play it on the show in saying that if you haven't listened to us before on this podcast, you can definitely go back through all the things we chatted about last year. Um, I think we covered some pretty cool topics uh, in regards to how to apply to be a support band, how to write a bio, how to practice your instrument, packing for tour, just general recording, marketing tips, all sorts of things like that. You can search Claim the Throne in your podcast app or you can go to claimthethrone.net and stream them. So moving on from that particular sedge, uh, why don't we talk about our upcoming tour? Um, can I interview you? Is that okay? If you've got any questions, you may ask. Cabba. 
Can I ask you a question? Come in. This is a two-part question. So, we have the new album Forged in Flame, part of the first step of promotion of an album or the most logical step for a band such as us is to take it on the road and try and get people interested through our live show and influence our CD sales that way rather than just letting it float in the ether. What was the plan when approaching a national tour? Definitely right in, in saying that in this day and age, you can't expect a whole lot of cash flow or anything to come through directly selling CDs as such. So we did release that one um, in September and we have sold quite a few. Couldn't be happier actually. There is that whole thing at the moment with people downloading things and and everything. And that's fine if people have their own way of getting music, but then where we can really take advantage of it um, is by going on tour, selling merch and, and door sales and that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, the most important thing for us at this stage is to get out there and have as many people to to hear our new album as possible and as many people to see us live as much as we can as well. The way we looked at it this time, I guess so far, obviously, we've only really focused on the Australian market and we'll be working a lot more in the overseas one this year. Of course, we played a, a big city launch in our own city, which is Perth in WA. Um, as well as a couple hours south in Bunbury, um, so a regional show there. The week end before that, we also played in Melbourne and Sydney. Um, nothing huge, just moderately sized shows um, with some cool local bands, but the idea there was just to start out a bit really um build the anticipation over on the East Coast as well as on the West Coast, get the info out to people that we do have a new album available and just to, to get people familiar with seeing our logo even and, and being aware that we are an active touring band. And now that we've announced this bigger tour coming up in January, which is now, yeah, hopefully people will remember our name and they'll go, oh, we missed them last time on their little tour. We'll make sure we go this time or... Um, we build a bit of word of mouth from the people that did go to those city launch shows and say, awesome, can't wait to see those guys again. Tell all their mates they were really good live. Make sure you come on this tour. And um, yeah, I think we do have approximately eight shows on this tour around the country. It's, it's a great opportunity for us to be able to sell copies of the new album um, and get that out there as well as a whole lot of merch and yeah, just build a, a bigger reputation for ourselves network meet a lot of awesome local bands um meet gig promoters just meet a lot of sick dick metalheads and i am very excited and and i think the most important thing is just that we love hanging out with each other and going on tour all sorts of crazy things might happen looking forward to some stories in the post tour podge cool um very good answer although didn't quite answer my second part of my second question which was more to do with this upcoming tour in general um you mentioned uh, it's a good opportunity but technically the band created the opportunity right like yourself and dyson had a heavy hand in actually booking the tour yeah sure so how it actually happened and yeah so how did this this upcoming tour come together in a nutshell Sure. And it's, it's a good point that you made as well that it was an awesome opportunity, but I think we did build that opportunity ourselves. And um, it's like sometimes people might say a band gets really lucky, but we, which it can be true, but I think that bands really need to build that luck as well. So we've been working very hard up until now. And the way we did that, we basically worked out a time that was going to be best for us all to be available, which was going to be, um, yeah, January at this stage. Um, it is nice for us having Dicey in the band with all of his booking experience um, through Soundworks and Prime Cuts. Um, so he has a few contacts already and approached a bunch of venues. Um, so firstly, it's, it's good to look at 
what cities you want to go to. So we pick out most of the main cities in Australia and try and hit them on the weekends, so Friday night and Saturday night. And in this instance, we found a weekend with a public holiday, so a Sunday night as well. Then wherever possible on the weeknights, um, we'll try and chuck a few regional shows in here and there to make that work too. I feel like you're going to ask something else here, Ash. What was the impetus behind getting those particular venues that you booked? Was it a matter of circumstance and convenience or uh, is it research that you guys did? Uh, It was a bit of both. I find that these days there's not a whole lot of options when it comes to venues that can even book metal bands, um, especially in some of the smaller cities. The only ones where it really gives you a bit of choice is when you start getting to Sydney and Melbourne and then it's just a matter of choosing a place based on its location, um, based on the other shows that they have there lately, um, their reputation, based on the capacity size. So we might think, you know, we might be able to pull 400 people on on a really good night. So we'd book somewhere with, you know, not much a bigger capacity than that because we don't want to be playing in a massive place that's going to make it look small but we also want to be playing in a tiny place where we're not going to fit everyone so it's just weighing up a number of options then hitting up a few venues um, seeing what they get back to you with some might say sorry we're booked out this night which is when you move on to the next one some might give you a better deal Um, some might you know have huge fees that they expect the bands to pay it's just taking into account a number of factors yeah i mean you also want to choose places that are easy enough for the band to get to so being on tour obviously we're going to probably fly into the cities have to hire a van drive out there find some accommodation close by then be able to get back as well to the airport the next day fly to the next place do it all again yeah so just things that we think are going to work out and um, ease of operation for us too. You mentioned accommodation and stuff nearby and also uh, location and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, are you looking into what sort of facilities that the venue has in terms of PA, sound guy, lighting, all that sort of stuff? Um, or are you picking venues that are typically going to include those things? And also, just a second part, um, the support bands for each city, how do you choose them? And do you book the venue before you notify the bands? Or do you kind of um, wait until you've got something a bit more solid before approaching bands. Cool. So part A in regards um, to the specs at venues, I've found generally in Australia so far, it's not such an issue. Most places do supply a PA uh, and often a sound guy as well. And like I said, there's only so many places that do even hold metal gigs. So certain cities um, you know, don't have a whole lot of choice. Yeah. I mean, if, if they have a good sound system, if they have a good PA, if they have a, a big stage then that's all going to work in the venue's favor for us to be able to choose that in booking australian tours i don't think that plays a huge role in why you choose a certain venue um but if you were you know starting to look at going to the us or even europe um, i do believe there's more venues that don't have pas don't have sound guys don't have any backline you just have to provide absolutely everything and and i think if we're booking a tour somewhere else that plays a lot more of a role when choosing where to go uh in regards to part two second part of the question support bands do you get those after the venues are booked or before in this instance most of them were after we had the shows and dates booked i think it's a lot easier to a lot more professional to approach a band that you want to be a support on the show and say this is the proposed lineup this is the date this is the venue this is the payment give them every information they could possibly want and then they can make a decision from there as to whether they're available we were lucky enough to team up with Baylor Corps, who we're all big fans of and a pretty big band 
trend going around in the Australian metal scene from Melbourne. Um, and I believe we had a bit of a deal cracking with them before we'd booked all the venues. But that was more of a, you know, because we're teaming up for a, a in a sense, co-headlining tour, I guess. And we're a bit lucky there too um, in that we do have that connection through Prime Cuts Music. Um, one of their albums was released through them before and um, we're signed to them at the moment and our guitarist obviously works for Prime Cuts as well. Um, so he had a contact details with Baylor and they actually spoke to him first I think about the feasibility of coming over to Perth and it just happened to be good timing that we were going to go on tour and was like guys what would you reckon about coming along on this we'll you know we'll do a lot of the hard work but we'd love to have you guys on board and it worked out that way and then then yeah it's just a matter of looking into each city and choosing out the local support bands that we'd ideally love so bands that are similar in style and bands that promote hard that have history of being professional and history of pulling crowds and history of being good cunts in general. So I think we've um, managed to get an awesome lineup of uh, yeah, support acts throughout the tour. So a lot of it sounds like, again, creation of opportunity. Um, obviously, there's a bit of luck involved with the whole Baylor Prime Cuts thing and just the timing. It was really good for us. But also, it seems that they wanted to come over to Perth, which is a big trek for East Eastern States bands. And, and in fact, any touring band, a lot of you, you know, U2 doesn't come across here sometimes you know and they're the richest freaking band in the world so yeah. when you approach them about okay how about if we book the tour ourselves as as a kind of a diy project self-managed kind of thing um will you come along will you come along on the tour with us and they obviously liked the idea but of course that meant a lot of hard work which has obviously paid off in terms of backline i mean i know claim a throne just as a side note, has Dyson and Kappa both have Kemper profiling ants for this tour, which should just be carry-on luggage, so not really an extra burden, but can get consistent tone every night. Uh, Jim also has a handheld little amp, a TC Electronic one that he's taking on tour. We're kind of looking still to get some cabs and also a drum kit. Um, how did that come about on this tour? Not that long ago, me and yourself, Ash, actually did a whole episode on packing for tour. Um, so if you want to hear a bit more about how to pack light and, um, and all that sort of thing, be sure to search back through the archives of Podges. Um, in this instance, yeah, you've covered all those bases as to how we, we are packing light. Um, and this is probably the most organized we've ever been in regards to, um, gear for tour. Uh, so um, yeah, I mean, if we rocked up at a show without any backline, we'd be pretty sweet. Apart from drums, we'd be able to get by, um, you know, as long as there's a PA and, and everything like that as well. Um, but what we normally do is um, is speak to the local bands. And I think that's probably one of the best things about the Australian metal scene at the moment is, is just this camaraderie with um, with bands happy to help each other out, you know, in order for less people to have to bring gear and clog up the band room. You know, if there's four bands, why not just one band has a drum kit that every band can use? Easier changeovers, less stuff around, less people driving, more people can drink and all that sort of thing. So it's just a matter of, of emailing um, the support bands in each city and just saying, you know, thanks so much for being on board. Just wondering if you might be keen or, you know, if you might be willing to lend some gear. Um, we'd be after to 
guitar cabs, a, a bass cab and a um, drum kit minus snare and cymbals. If you're able to, to lend us that, it would be really appreciated um, and, and obviously will really help with changeover times um, and, and lugging stuff around and we'd love it if you could help out and I don't think we've encountered any bands that have ever said no to that sort of request. You know, metal bands are all, all up for helping each other out generally. That's just how it's been for us. I guess you do have that option of hiring certain parts of a drum kit or cabs if if you really feel that's necessary for you on a tour of the scale of this one just an australian made tour i don't think that's necessary you know i think um sharing between bands is the way to go each show is pretty much sorted um in terms of location venue lineup gear and the logistical side of things is all covered um how about things like flights and or just travel in general? Because we're doing major cities, I'm guessing that's all based around flights and flight times and stuff. Um, is it hiring vans or is it taxis? How are we doing that? Yeah, this time around, there's a lot of flights um, because we are yeah really focusing more on the cities and they're pretty far apart and got to get there as quick as possible. Whereas last time around, we pretty much, I think we flew to Brisbane, hired a van and drove pretty much the whole tour all the way down to the bottom of the country and then flew back home to Perth. Whereas this time around, yeah, we sort of fly from Perth to Brisbane, get a van, fill it with our stuff, drive to Gold Coast, back, play to Brisbane, get in another plane, fly to Sydney, get a van, drive to the gig, stay the night, drive back to the airport, get another flight to Melbourne and so on throughout the whole tour. Mostly vans, might be the occasional taxi. But because we travel light, a taxi or a maxi taxi works out pretty good, right? If the venue is closest to the airport. Definitely does. And with that, um, with the accommodation, we've really focused this time on finding places that are close by to the venue. And in a few instances, the accommodation is at the actual venue which is awesome because that means we either have the option of then getting a cab from the airport, which should hopefully all be able to fit in one maxi, uh, and then back again the next morning. Um, Alternatively, we hire a van, fill it with our stuff, drive to the venue, and yeah, then the next morning, driving back to the airport, doing it all over again. So hopefully it's going to run smoothly enough. Um, It's not ideal having that many flights. If there is that possibility to be able to drive, I think that's generally a bit more comfortable. But I think it should work out for us pretty well, Stuart, and I look forward to chatting about it once it's over, see how it went next question would be i'm fully getting interviewed by you at the moment what's going on that was just my idea could i ask you a question before we go any further back on i was just wondering about um when we we're talking about backlines mm-hmm. as a drummer what are your thoughts on borrowing kits on a tour a different kit every night do you feel comfortable enough in your ability to be able to play whatever you're given or do you freak out that you're going to be given some shitty kit when i first started touring oh hello jim that is our friend jim Hey, Count. How are you, mate? Guest. Oh, I'm fucking good. When I first started touring, my very first tour, I was worried because I'd played on kits in the past at competitions and at certain shows where they have backline before and it was always a comfort issue because I was only ever used to, you know, being a bedroom player or playing for one band and I used to even kind of struggle setting up on a quick changeover. Sometimes I'd be a bit worried about my own kit, you know, but um, yeah, once I got out there on the road and realized that I'd had so much experience on the drums themselves, I mean, it doesn't matter too much. Um, I have a pretty weird setup compared to a lot of people 
people, three rack toms out the front and one floor toms. Bit strange, not so much in metal, but a lot of people can't be bothered setting that much shit up. So on tour, I always find I'm running with one or two rack toms. And as you've seen, and I think there's a video on YouTube of, a, I think it's a Brisbane show of Fintroll maybe. I'm playing on a kit with one rack tom, trying to play drum fills that I wrote with three rack toms and just heaps and heaps of improvisation there with the drum fills and stuff. And also, so I've cut down on my cymbals actually simply because of touring. I used to use a lot more and a few little splashes and um, extra chinas and stuff, but now I don't so much. The only things that have really gone wrong, only a handful of shows out of a lot of touring shows um, where the drum kit has sucked. And that's more that, let's say, the hardware is crap and, you know, toms or snare drums are falling over. Or, or the hi-hat won't open and close and stuff like that. Just little things that are actually problems with other people's kits and I don't imagine they'd like playing on their own kits so much. And yeah, also really beat up skins sometimes are, are a bit nasty. But you know what? You just you play with what you're given. I guess the role of a good drummer is to just do what they do best on any setup and put up and shut up about it because at the end of the day, no one knows what the hell you're going through when you're on stage. And if you sit there with a shitty look on your face or you whinge about it a bunch, you know, it's only going to get yourself riled up, your band pissed off at you. And also the crowd will think you whinges. Um, most people don't notice your stuff ups and certainly no one gives a shit if you wrote a Tom Phil on an 8 inch and a 10 inch Tom and you were given a 12 and a 14. No one cares. So I like to say, don't get bitter, get better. Exactly. And my advice to the community is don't get bitter, get better. Don't get margarine, get butter. Cool, man. Very succinct. Thanks for that. Are you still the interviewer or am I taking over? Yes. Okay, so... This is a two-part interview, second part of the interview, part two. <laughs> How did you approach the marketing and the promotion of this tour? This time around, I guess we've really focused on the internets a lot more than we have in the past, just with the age that we're in, I guess. So there's a lot of Facebook um, pimping and, and all that sort of thing. But that being said, you still would need to be creative about it. So we have managed to get quite a few news articles and features and um, you know sponsorships and, and things like that through various web scenes and other metal websites and social media pages as opposed to just our own, which is a matter of, of other people sort of sharing uh, our tour dates from their page or um, interviews and features from their page as well. But we have also stuck um, with a traditional way of printing out a lot of um, physical posters and flyers. And we did have a separate poster design for each different show with that specific show details on, including the logos of the, the local support bands and everything. We picked out one person in each of the areas that we're playing in to post them a batch of the posters as well as little flyers and so that person in each relevant place has been able to go to the venue drop off a whole bunch of posters um, as well as do a quick little city run and stick them up in some stores or wherever they might feel it's appropriate they've been nice enough to be able to hand them out at their own local shows as well or there's been quite a quite a few um, international tours to australia at the moment so um yeah people in each each city have been able to hand out flyers to our shows which i still think is always going to be a good way of making people aware of your tour despite the internet i do like um killing trees yeah a lot of people using facebook and instagram and all these modern methods and how they stack up against the traditional methods um our upcoming interview in two weeks with the Claim of Thrones superfan, he details the sort of things that influence him to go to a show and, and the effectiveness of certain styles of marketing. So, um, yeah, be sure to listen in the next couple of weeks to check out his views from a punter's perspective. Definitely, and I think it's a very important
important thing to listen to your fans. So, I mean, we've done a fair few, well, a, a couple of at least um, of local Perth shows um, at the end of last year as well. Um, so to be able to, you know, show that we are really good live at the moment. Um, so to give a bit of a good impression and, and rely on a bit of word of mouth marketing as well. Um, so people that come and see us can, you know, post from there. Facebooks or Twitters or whatever say claim the throne were awesome make sure you check them out on their tour next month that sort of thing um, and also with the internet and social media marketing you do need to be a bit creative as well so you know it might be a matter of having a separate event page for every show on the tour on facebook and then posting things regularly on that such as we made a little promo video on youtube just you know a minute and a half long um with a song of of clemthrum bellacore all the dates and just you know stuff to get people excited about things that's had a good 600 views or so i'm just yeah posting that on each of the event pages so when you you do post them on an event page anyone that's going will get a notification saying Brendan Capriotti posted this video on the page and then they go oh yeah that show's coming up that's right so if you sort of do you know one of those on each of the pages every day yeah it'll just sort of keep the buzz going um, and just also an interesting one on YouTube if you've got a video clip or a tour video that, that people might be looking at a lot just on the top line of the description you say claim the throne Australian tour January 2014 dates at claimthethrone.com and so as they're watching the video that will be the commentary that they'll see um, without having to click down the more section they'll just see all those details there so just little things like that um, even you know instagram or finding out um, what stays up in facebook feeds a bit longer than others I, I know there's a lot of facebook changes at the moment but if you share things over from instagram into facebook um, with some hashtags and things as well they do tend to stay up on people's feeds a lot longer because of the user-friendly square photo format and then if, if a couple people like it straight away then that suggests to facebook that it's a popular post and good content so they'll keep pushing it up to the top of the, the feed without you even having to pay to promote that as well whereas if you know you might post something um, like a, a link page at the wrong time of day no one sees it and then if there's no likes or comments in in you know the first five minutes facebook assumes no one cares and just drops it down to the bottom of everyone's feeds and no one sees it which sucks so just um yeah a lot of trial and error and yeah be creative would we'll you say that we're prepared to go on tour yeah, I think so. I mean, we've spoken about gear already and I feel like we're very um, prepared more than we have been before in regards to our own gear. Um, but we have been playing a, a few local shows at the end of last year, like I mentioned. Um, and I think they've gone down really well and I feel like, um, yeah, we're pretty solid live as a band. Want to make sure we print out enough set lists to take on tour with us so that we don't run short. So that's five band members per eight shows. If my maths is correct, that's about 40 printouts of set lists we want to take. But then we also want to be aware of um, how long we're playing at each show. So we might have um, a couple of sets that aren't as long as others. So we might have mostly 45 minutes, but a couple half an hours, which means we need an alternative set list for the shorter shows. Um, so tomorrow's jam might be a big one in practicing a few different options. What kind of methods did we adopt as a band in order to get all this information out to the rest of the band in terms of uh, booking flights? I think actually we all got together for some of the booking of flights um, to make sure that everyone's cool to leave at a certain time, come back at a certain time and you want to make those plans uh, early days so that everyone makes sure they can get time off work and, and allocate time for the tour. Um, but we also had our official band meeting a couple of weeks ago 
Um, and that was a matter of all of us getting together for a big, fat, dirty, greasy breakfast and obviously some whiskey. Yeah, just chat about, um, you know, the year that's gone, the year ahead, what we want to achieve um, and what we need to do to make this tour a successful one. Great communication between your band is the absolute key in the successful running of a tour. The final thing, which I almost forgot, was merch for the tour. How did you look into that side of things? We did get new shirts printed when the album came out, so album design shirts, but we strategically left the back blank. So black shirts with a print on the front, nothing on the back. And the idea was there that when we do have tours coming up, we can print to updates on the back. Um, so this time around, uh, we do have all the tour dates of the upcoming tour, but then we'll still have some blank ones to use later down the track as well if um, if we score some other tours. What we also like to do is deals and packages. So, um, you know, maybe buy one CD for 15 bucks or buy two CDs for 25 bucks or buy a shirt and CD and whatever else, a thousand things. Get it all in your very own Claim the Throne Prepare for Battle canvas bag and you'll save yourself like 15 bucks or whatever. So that's an encouragement for people to buy more stuff. And that was discussed through emails and little like micro meetings along the way, right? Yeah, totally. And it's again, it's a lot of trial and error because we have done those sorts of things at shows throughout last year as well. Um, so you get to learn, you know, what people will buy and what they won't and what they'll spend and what they won't. Um, and I think we've also starting to learn, you know, the, the variation in sizes that you need to order because that is a doozy when you're, you know, ordering 200 shirts. You don't know how many larges and how many girlies and how many 10XLs you need to get. It's it pretty annoying. So, um, yeah, we'll have to be careful when we're packing for tour for sure. Well, uh, you've been a great guest, Cabba, and an unofficial <laughs> first interview for 2014, even though you're not on the actual schedule of interviews um do you want to know what i've been doing today tell me printing so many things like bought a little display folder to take on tour so it's like our own little um you know tour itinerary. Work, workbook itinerary as such so making sure we've all got our um our flights printed out our accommodation reservations confirmations printed out um our van bookings printed out um there's specific workshop sheets for each show printed out and make sure that they're communicated to the other support bands around the country as well so everyone knows their set times and things um okay that's like a very prepared version of stuff you've done with the clipboard in the past right <laughs> pretty much like printing out merch prices printing out set lists printing out yes yeah, set times enough for one for the sound guy at each show one for the merch desk at each show door entry price for every show um so a lot of paper wow, in this man. file awesome. and that took most of the day it was good fun nice prep while i was walking the streets sweating off the fat <laughs> around my belly are you excited for this tour um man yeah i gotta say i really am so i'll actually be quitting tomorrow in order to go on tour <laughs> Hope no one from your work's um, eavesdropping. Ah, fuck it. What do I care? It's a shit job anyway. <laughs> Stick it up our ass. So you don't earn enough from Claim the Throne to make a living? Uh, interesting question. Not at all. It definitely does have its perks. Oh, I can't actually say. I think we did all buy our own flights this tour, but... We didn't. I think we've done pretty well to not have to chip in any money ourselves personally for this show and just using mad band money. And hopefully we're going to come back with enough to fund another tour. But all the money we make gets donated to Claim the Throne. We don't get anything individually. That's for dummies. Yeah, yeah. And that's the way it's always been. Um, yeah, you never really get in a band to make money until you get to a certain point where it's actually generating 
more than it's losing because you'd be surprised how much, even when the band does generate money, how much is actually coming out of the band at the same time or the band members' pockets. So it may look like it's a profit, but if you've already spent, let's say you spend five grand on flights and you make two grand in merch, you go, whoa, the band just raked in two grand, but really you didn't, you lost three. So we've always just had a had a thing as like put as much in as we can and anything we make, we put back in too. So Exactly. And we've never had problems, you know, with paying for our own flights if we need to. I mean, what's a thousand dollars each if we get to go on an awesome trip like that exactly and it's a good it's a good holiday like um we're all pretty overdue for a holiday i think we've all been working pretty hard at our respective jobs and all that stuff so yeah it's always heaps of fun from that perspective i'm really looking forward to the tour actually just to hang out man and be a bit more carefree and not worry so much about sometimes on a weekend you've got that looming monday but um yeah just getting a nice couple of weeks even though we are technically kind of working for a portion of each day it's it's all in good fun and really feels worthwhile totally dude um cool man well that was probably all we really need to chat about today just a casual little fun thing um a bit of a warm-up for the year um but yeah like we were saying you can expect a lot more from us this year in regards um yeah to interviews with awesome people and um yeah some some more structured stuff from us as well while we're on just this crazy little podjash can I ask you a question? It's two parts. Only two parts will be accepted. Well, the first part's already been answered. Thank you. Okay. Second part. <laughs> claim the fun oh, album oh, of the week. Oh, awesome. What's been your most listened to album since we last did a podge? Cynic. Oh, they got a new song on the net as of yesterday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with that. So mine is Cynic, uh, Traced in Air. That's a Sweet. album that I definitely liked tracks off. Um, when that first came out, I really enjoyed it and I've been re-listening to it recently. Um, and this came out in 2008, I think maybe 2009, I can't remember. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool, pretty interesting vocals. They always had this computer robot thing going on. A lot of people didn't like it instead of the traditional death metal scream. But now that's almost turned into like this multi-layered, you know, three-part octave harmony with super auto-tune and it, I gotta say like it's not great all the time but man there's some serious and truth nuggets of gold with the drumming and guitar work in there do you prefer it to Focus like were you a big fan of that album uh, back in the day yeah I do prefer Focus for some sides of the coin I actually prefer the robot voice on Focus than to this new album but man some of the songs definitely a little bit more commercial I reckon or whatever the right word is for that but um, some of the feels it's like a lesson in drumming and guitar for <laughs> for the most part if you're not down to listening to Holdsworth if that's a bit overbearing at times this is kind of like packaged for you in a slight metal context so wicked drumming spun out guitar work check it out and if you don't like it then don't listen to it because I totally understand that too okay part two of the question what is your album of the week uh my album of the week is Einia or Einherja however you say it uh, Viking metal band from Norway and their album Blood, whoa, which is I think their second latest. Maybe they've got quite a few albums now, but I've been smashing that a lot, and it's been awesome. Have you heard them or no? Yeah, I have listened to them before. Um, have you listened to it much before? Is this a first listen or is this no, more I of a re-listen? Did a, a bit of a re-listen because I liked them quite a lot a few years ago. Um, I listened to their earlier stuff a bit because they're yeah from the early nineties really, but they were one of the first Viking metal bands that were really getting pretty heavy too or a bit black metal influence but the last few albums they yeah they dropped 
dropped a couple of members and I think the guitarist took over on vocals and his vocals on the last few albums have been awesome I reckon like almost a bit immortal type vocals are really heavy um, but still with like these wicked melodies that they um, entwine through the songs the drumming's wicked as well production's like picked up something chronic too so I really like the direction there they're in and um yeah pretty long epic albums can crank them in the car and it's been a good fun and probably refreshing because i've been listening to so metal so much power metal last year yeah you have so yeah, trying to so get much. back into some heavier stuff and, and also some folk metal because i haven't really been even listening to that lately the last year or so sort of going off it which i don't want to ever happen so i need to pick out the bands that i really do like in that genre and stick with them was this some writing inspiration or i mean when you do listen to music that's sort of closer to our genre or when you listen to music any music i guess um, do you think about how it influences your writing and, and how you might want to approach um, future writing for Claim of Throne or do you just listen from a fan perspective? Like how do you, do you have educational listens as well as fun listens, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. I think it's always generally a fun listen and it depends what mood I'm in personally as to what I'll sort of enjoy listening to at the time. I think I have this thing always whenever there's something on, I mean, if I'm listening to music by myself, a, a party scenario with a bunch of people is different but if it's just me listening to something i always sort of imagine us playing it and whether it would work or not and what does and what doesn't and that sort of shit puppy we should ask jim his album of the week what would your album of the week be jim um i just got lost horizon uh, Awakening the World on CD. Awesome. Today. Say that would be it. Fuck yeah. Just when I'm trying to go off power metal, Jim comes in with Lost Horizon. <laughs> Awakening the World. Good one. You just said that every time you listen to music by yourself, you imagine the band playing it and if it'll fit in. Sort of, sometimes. And then I'm like, you know, I don't know. I love this song by The Haunted and that wicked riff. I wonder if that sort of riff could ever blend into our music uh, and that sort of thing. And if it doesn't, then... I generally just keep on listening for fun anyway and just enjoy it. But sometimes the so moments might... pop out at you, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and sometimes I don't anymore, but I used to actually have a little book in my car because that was where I was really listening to music the most. And um, if there was any sections, I'd be like, that was awesome. I reckon we could do something like that. I'd actually jot it down in this little notepad and say, song two from three minutes, 24 seconds or yeah. whatever. And it you know, wouldn't be, let's rip off that riff. It would be like, let's do an idea like that, like blend in a two second acoustic guitar and then it'll come back in and put those sort of vocals in or, or whatever um so I, yeah my mind's always ticking i think when i'm listening to stuff in that regards but first and foremost i think listen for fun listening to cynic again uh a lot of the time especially for a drummer you know you fall into that trap of if you're playing different tempos you can play the same drum roll at, at um or drum fill at two different tempos and it'll feel like it's a unique thing but really it isn't and just it's hard to actually do something interesting without being creative or coming from a creative point of view so I was listening to that again I was going god damn it I really need to innovate a little more in my playing so it actually prompted me to get the old exercise books out again and practice some rudiments and also some independence playing and some crazy stuff like that because that's what it's all about right like that's the big difference between Forged in Flame and Triumph and Beyond if anything, we're using less variables than that album because, yeah, the whole thing's actually more stripped back, but it sounds more um, intense because our writing has stepped up and improved our game a little bit, right? Yeah, totally. And I think, yeah, a lot of people that would listen to us for the first time would be like, man, that's chaotic. There's so much stuff going on, but there's really not that much yeah. going on. Just maybe different sections or riff sounding, you know, like a different style blended together or whatever. But yeah, I I've, I've actually think it's 
the most consistent release we've done so far. Okay, Cabs, so we're nearing the end of the podge. Um, why don't you just do a quick run through of each show we've got on the tour and perhaps the support bands? Totally, man. Very excited. Um, we leave pretty much this weekend, heading to the Gold Coast for the first show and go on a few days early to hang around and go on water slides and get drunk and awesome things like that. So that's probably going to be the best part of the tour. Then the second best part will be playing gigs. <laughs> First show, 23rd of January in the Gold Coast, Miami Shark Bar, uh, with Rome shifting the paradigm and Democritus and only a $5 entry there. So if you're in the area, it'd be crazy not to come along for that one. Next night in Brisbane, Friday 24th, um, that is at the Crowbar with our first show with Baylacor. Uh, also Virion and Eternal Rest and about 15 bucks at the door for that one a double interstate show will definitely be awesome uh, we are then on the 25th, uh, which I believe is a Saturday in Sydney for the Under the Southern Cross 6 Festival. Pretty awesome lineup on that one, Bellacore headlining. Um, there's also Dreadnought, Levitation Hex, Aeon of Horus, Bastardizer, Rome again. I can't remember the whole lineup, but it's going to be really good. You can get tickets online now, I believe. Um, head to our Facebook, you'll be able to find um, the links and the details details there but that's going to be an awesome day in sydney uh then on sunday which is australia day in melbourne uh, we'll be at the bendigo hotel by the way i forgot to say in sydney that one is at the board face stag then yeah melbourne bendigo hotel um again with balacor and ourselves it's going to be a solid lineup that day as well orpheus amiga okira and heisenberg uh 15 entry for that lineup is off the chain i do believe there might be a couple other metal shows quote unquote in melbourne that day don't go there. Definitely come in and hang out with us. It's going to be a lot more fun. Then we head to Ballarat uh, on the 30th. Um, Bellacore not coming along, unfortunately, but there is a solid lineup um, with Hazard Circular, Hacksaw, and Order of Torment. Only about 10 bucks entry, um, and that's going to be a really good, fun show as well. Then we head to Tasmania for the first time ever, and that's on Friday the 31st in Hobart at the Brisbane Hotel with Bellacore again and ourselves. Slammers Gape and Death Black type band Atra Vitosis. Very excited to see all those bands and head to Hobart. I'm sure that will be awesome fun. Only about 13 bucks to get in, I think, that one. Following night, um, we head away from Bellacore again and we go to Adelaide to play with Truth Corroded, Arcadia, Decidia and Headbore, um, which is at the Enigma Bar. And that will cost you about 13 bucks. But that is going to be a great lineup and always good fun in Adelaide. Smashing Cooper's Pale Ale and a lot of all-night pancakes for sure. Uh, then the last show of the tour is in February on the 7th. And that's in our home, hometown of Perth. Really excited to welcome Bailacore over here for the first time ever in their career. That's at the Amplifier Bar, also with Earthrot and Natron, and that'll be about 16 bucks, I believe. Um, but it's going to be an epic ending to the tour. So really keen to see all you local metalheads there too. Sweet, man. Nice work. And um, yeah, that's it for us this week. Um, thanks for sticking around and having a good listen and a good old uh, wrap-up of the year and look forward to the new year with Claim Throne. Um, I'm Ish, and my mate Kaba is... I'm Kaba. He's Kaba. <laughs> and yeah, 
the next couple of weeks um, we'll be on tour, but we do still have some podgies coming out, um, and you'll definitely hear two interviews. Um, so that's going to be really cool and excited about the head with this one and with the band. Yeah, and um, looking forward to wrapping up the tour at the end of it and letting you guys know how all of our planning and preparation went and also what sort of fun we got up to. Um, so, yeah, stick around for those. Get some good advice from the inties in the meantime and have a fucking good one. Hope to see you out on the road. www.claimzero.com, www.claimzero.net. Let's go out with a song we'll definitely be playing on the tour. Smash some counts in the faces. A grand destruction. Yeah.